<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So, headed back out to the desert today. It's been months. I haven't I'm been jealous. Since- I want to go. I'm too fucking busy. Work is too busy. I'm, I am very, very happy that you have this problem. At least it's not busy with like being devastatingly sick or something, you know? Um, it's very true. But I was just like, God damn it. It would be really nice to go. And ding, ding, ding. Where's my Buka bell? I'm fully vaccinated as of today. Oh, girl, you are. <laughs> wow, you're one week ahead of me, basically. Wednesday's mm-hmm. my fully vaxxed day. So, But I want to go to the desert, too. I know. Where are you going? I'm, I'm so it's just kind of random that it popped up, but I managed to book a hotel, a motel room at the exclusive Ramsey 29, which is a new, <laughs> it's in 29 Palms. It's a new boutique motel that was designed by, I think kind of a celeb dude here in Los Angeles. Okay. But uh, the big hot goss is that Army Hammer, you know, Hollywood's cannibal <laughs> is his good friend and Ah. helped with a lot of the construction and details during quarantine Uh, and COVID, which I'm like, that's kind of hot. I love a Hollywood brat who can like wield a table saw. I don't know. He's canceled as fuck though. So I don't I have not done a further deep dive to find oh, out if he's actually me. He's way canceled. Like everybody who reps him dropped him. He was supposed to be like J Lo's co-star in this new big movie. He was canned from that. Like his wife publicly like is divorcing him. Wow. You know? And and all because he's just like uh, he wants to like torture you and, and like eat your flesh, basically. And I have a theory. I think he's so rich and he can have everything he wants that he's just like, well, I guess I'll eat people now. Well, no, no, <laughs> that's like that's like that uh that book and the story, like the most dangerous game, you know, basically the wildly out of touch you know, billionaire with his own island. He hunts his victims because he's so rich and bored. But so I like when I went to look up Ramsey 29, I just went to Google it. So I was like, this room's cute. And then some of the first articles that pop up are like Army Hammer, two girls missing in desert. Coincidence? <laughs> Question mark. No. So, you know, I'm looking for a true crime sort I of mean, uh, I don't think experience. he's like. I don't I don't I mean I don't I'm not saying he is and I isn't capable of like murdering women I think he just wants to like I know I'm not saying that he wants all. to lick their wounds 
Yeah, like he an, wants to like cut a, like a little piece of flesh out of them and like cook it up and eat it while he jerks off. Anyway, whoa! Welcome Guys. to Sidework Podcast. Yeah. What a hot gossip that was! What podcast is this anyway? I'm I your know. host Andrea Wallace. <laughs> I'm your host Brooke Van Poplin, and uh, I—I I mean, if he wanted to take a little nibble, you know, he's down and out. He might—he might take a pass I, at me. I—I I can't unpack that. <laughs> That's just me, my personals. Yeah, he can have his thing, don't, or not. Don't kink shame. Thank you. Even though it's a kink. I'm not I, kink shaming. I I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm not no. kink shaming. I just think it's like, ugh. there's kink shaming and then there's non-consensual being like lightly stabbed and eaten. So that's, right. yeah, that's a line. Right. That, right. Yeah. Right. There's a lot. Anyways, but yeah, fully vaxxed. I feel good. Brian and I are like, we're going to go out to eat. Who knows? Like oh, yeah. nice little alfresco dining. Yep. Um, still staying super safe as possible as to not like, you know, interfere with people who aren't vaxxed. But today, and I will say anybody in the L.A. area that has not gotten vaccinated and is trying to Cal State L.A. Is that where, Brian, we got vaccinated, which is in Monterey Park, um, is open to all adults now. And I know it was supposed to be the 15th. Um, but it, it is now the 8th of April and they are vaccinating anybody who can get an appointment there. So That's guys just great. know that it's out there and available. And we're so excited that this shit is like opening up way quicker than it was before. Um, I got a little beef, uh, out there again with Nebraska, <laughs> no pun intended. My, uh, my sister-in-law has COVID and yeah, yeah. So it sucks. Um, she does hair for a living and it just, it gets my goat because Nebraska has been open to full capacity forever. And yet they still have rules and regulations on who and who cannot be vaccinated in a certain order. I certainly understand frontline workers. I certainly understand like people of a certain age, but after that, anybody who works with the general public, in my opinion, right. should be able to fucking get it. Especially when people are barking about haircuts. This is the this was the number one thing back. People are like, "Oh, get my fucking haircut!" And all oh. the fucking Karens came out for their Karen cuts. You know, they sure did. But, I, I may have ac- then, yeah. I may have accidentally given Sean a Karen cut last night. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> he asked just call me. it a Narek cut. Call it a Narek cut. He got a Narek. Bringing back the Narek. Ooh, I'm gonna go ahead and coin that. I got I got to go ham with the shears, and, and I feel like I gave him. It was like real tight on the sides, but then he's kind of got like spiky long Karen hair on the top. <laughs> so you just frost those tips, girl. Just get out some peroxide and frost those tips. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> sorry. Sean put a little <laughs> lemon juice in the, on the tap of that dew oh boy yeah he looks I'm like okay you look like you look like a stalk of broccoli I did this oh to you God. I'm really sorry um well, let's get into some pre-ship you guys guess what one star network coming soon to Pandora Radio um pretty soon you guys you'll be able to stream all of our shows you know us plus everything else over on the One Star Network on Pandora. Get a nice little algorithm going. Get a fun little, like, 
cater to your needs all the podcasts you love to hear including us including us indeed so we will let you know as soon as that is available but just exciting to talk about things moving and shaking over here all right so real quick uh Let's thank our Patreon members. We've got some new subscribers and uh, we got a little busy with all the creating a network sort of malarkey that we haven't thanked people in a long time. So let's do that right now, shall we? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Let's go with Jared Peterson. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew Taylor. Oh, we appreciate you. Maggie Ferran. Thank you so much. Alyssa Fisk. Hey, girl. We say thanks. And Laura Kubica. I'm going to say I'm going to say Kubica. I'm with it. Oh, my God. That's my friend from college. Oh, hello. Laura. It's Wawa. She's listening to our podcast now. And we waited tables together. Oh, I love that so much. Wawa. Hi. Formerly Laura Satterfield. I was like, why do I know that name? Oh, I we're going to talk, girl. We're going to talk. um, being back to work in, in and like when people are like, what have you been up to, Andrea? Like, oh, you're still doing your podcast. That's so great. And then they're like, what's it about again? This is every time how the conversation goes. <laughs> yeah. And then you say what it's about. And then they if they have been in the industry, love to tell me stories about their history. So it's it's very fun that it's just something that everybody wants to talk about and finds to be so fond. So I'm glad that Laura joined. I'm glad that she's here sharing all of this with us. And oh, fuck thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's all amazing. new Patreon members. Um, we have some hot content coming at you soon. Don't worry. Even though you're waiting for it, it's going to be worth the goddamn wait. <laughs> We're tr- we're trying to up our game in general, and uh, it's 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 hard. It doesn't happen overnight. We also just found out that people are a lot more professional with their podcasts than we are. They have ring lights, they have studio setups, they do videos. Oh. So, oh yeah, it's true. I will say we're getting there. We're, we're getting we're there. Pretty, we're pretty. We're pretty good. The point um, the point is that the content's pretty tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get Sorry, that. I don't have a ring light influencer world. <laughs> God. Don't let don't let the influencers push you down, Brooke. Drag Just, you down, man. Don't let the bastards get you down. Headlines? Yeah, let's do this. So I found this. I just wanted to imbue a little positivity. It's an interesting tidbit. Like always, we're combing eater for cool news and factoids. But um, essentially, the hospitality industry is continuing its recovery which overall is helping to push the U.S. economy to its biggest month for job growth since last summer. Wow. Which goes to prove that this is the number one form of employment for Americans who, like, it's we're outnumbering manufacturing jobs easily and handily. So basically, I know, bars and restaurants gained 176,000 jobs in March. Yeah. Um, and that's down from February's increase, but it's the basic, basically the largest jump of any industry in the employment report. We coming back at you. I mean, it makes tons of sense. What's everybody going to do? What did I just say? Fully vaxxed. We're fucking going out to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch out. Andrea's about to get out there again. Um, Yeah, let's all be patient with each other, too. Let's all understand once we're all back out there and fully vaxxed that, like, you know what? Maybe you might have to wait a little bit extra for that burger to get out of the kitchen. You never know. There's a lot of extra steps, especially if you haven't been out there in a year. (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, so that's good. We we hope that, you know, if you haven't been able to work or if your place of employment has been really up and down or you haven't been able to fully go back, let's hope everything happens the right way because I'm once again hearing that the capacity is being shrunk indoors again or about sure. to be closed down fully again. This is a god damn roller coaster and it just all works if we get vaccinated and wear masks so well the and the thing is that i reason i heard is that june 15th here in california it's all just supposed to be completely open just willy-nilly flapping in the breeze open (laughs) i mean i'm sure it's just gonna be a little like mask dangles you know like basically i'm gonna get two masks and put them in my car like truck nuts basically is what i'm there we go Oh, God, it's going to be a real a real eye opening moment. Like when the state is fully open, it's going to be only a certain capacity and it's going to be a real like who's a who's a bit of a nervous Nancy still at home. Hi, it's me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, I like that it's a certain capacity and I like that a lot of people are taking reservations and I know it's really hard to get out there, but I kind of like that like. Restaurants know what's going to happen ahead of time. Yes, we're fully booked. We only have this capacity. I can wrap my head around this number. You know, I think it's a it's a good, solid way to start for everybody. Yep. Yep. Ugh, gosh. Well, to follow up on last week's episode, which was so fun with Danny from the Macaroni Zone, mm-hmm. we were talking about food criticism. And I found this article that popped up in a timely manner on Esquire. Basically, their head, you know, food and wine writer is retiring only in his 50s because he's basically come in clean. He's like, it is an unsustainable lifestyle based on the beating that your body takes from food. Wow, sure. Sure. Basically, he's he's like, okay, he's everyone. He's like all my life. Everyone is you have the best job in the world, you know, is all he hears. And he's like, sure. But the truth is that eating your way around the country takes a serious toll on your body, your family life and your emotional equilibrium. He says for a man in his mid 50s, it's roughly as sustainable as Russian roulette. Wow. Yeah, right. And um so his name is Jeff Gord Gordinier or Gordinier. Um I'm not familiar with his writing, even though I do read Esquire from time to time. But basically he's like, I'm not 25 anymore. Right. I, I, I can't fucking do it. Like there are highs that are just the highest I've ever been, like food experiences that so few people get to experience. Like he's gone eating around the world with Phil Rosen- Rosenthal, who we love. Nice. Somebody so feed fun. Phil. Get so fucking fun. But <laughs> You know, he's like, and then there are just afternoons when I feel sour and bloated from shoving my face into an endless trough and that he basically longs for fasting for like a week because it's such gluttony. I mean, he's a competitive eater at this point, right? Yes. And it makes me think it makes me think of like hot dog eating contests. And I think those people are like kind of athletes. They train for what they do. But it's true. You have to like find an insane balance between your fucking huge gluttonous like lifestyle that pays your bills at the same time. Right. Right. Um, And especially when you're at a when you are at a status of writing for like you know, a really esteemed publication, like a nice glossy right. mag with a really powerful, you know, website Absolutely. behind it. He's, it makes me think of Tony, you know, of yep. Anthony Bourdain is where my brain goes and I mean, having to have that lifestyle all the time. Right. He, you know, yeah, he says basically 
oh God, six cities in one week, Asheville, Birmingham, Atlanta, Miami, Austin, and Los Angeles. And he's like, I felt like a lab rat in a scientific study on gluttony. Wow. <laughs> you know and, how we have talked about, because we have a show, guys, don't worry. We're going to, you'll see our TV show one day, but it, it might have to do with us descending on a city and like going crazy. And you and I have talked about and had real conversations about what if we have to do a tight schedule with this? Are we going to go insane? Are we going to make it? <laughs> I think too, though, you know, our, our, our sort of purview on it, the way we would do it differently though, is, you know, we do talk that like men, men get put upon like, you must eat it all. You must clean the plate and be manly. And like women have such a different relationship with food period. Right. We are raised from the get go to feel bad about most things we eat. And it's been a lifelong struggle to balance enjoying food, but then also feeling like we need to look a certain way, which thank God there's just so much more body acceptance and a lot of people in recovery and coming out of the fog of eating disorders and all that stuff. But we're like, if we got to host a show with two women being you and I, there's no way we're going to do this without talking about the way women eat and the way food and culture and society has given us a completely different, dished up a completely different plate, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we talk about secret, like, well, not, not so secret, but like women's menus all the time. Like how, how, how women have been played for decades by the restaurant industry in a way, you know, right. Not anymore, but like back in the day when it was when, when women couldn't have a bank account or anything. And then they would just be like, here, and here's the ladies menu. Uh, it's just salad. And what do we say? Ice cream. Right, right. They're like, come have little, little petite fours and some ice cream with a long spoon. <laughs> now, where's your companion to see you home? Where is he? Exactly. <laughs> Do um, you have a male escort to get you safely back into your wow. trundle bed? <laughs> um, wow, we went we went down a hole with that little rant. We did, but- we did. But Andrea, I see the show. I see mm-hmm. the show, and I'm excited. We're making it. We're making it happen. Women's um, history with food. Yeah, absolutely. But I do agree. Like when it comes to being a renowned food critic, this is it's hard work, and I certainly hope this fella finds balance in his life, especially because shit about to blow up, and I'm sure his job's gonna get real cray once oh, everybody's yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's hop into this other headline. You guys, you know, we we have pivoted to retail before in the past, which and we love our retail past workers, anybody who's been out there doing it. Um, This article coming from NBC. So apparently Amazon has been snapping up disused shopping malls and turning them into fulfillment centers all over the country. Um, I had no idea. It's kind of just happening with nobody knowing it. So they're going into, you know, the rundown malls, Brooke, that like nobody really goes to anymore. Mm-hmm. And they might have like a foot, a lady foot locker. They might have like some weird local like craft stores. I don't know whoever could rent it out. They're taking over places like this. Um, for super cheap and turning them again into huge distribution centers. And this is how, you know, more or less like the donuts are made with Amazon is like the more local distribution centers they have, the quicker, like the one day deliveries can get out to you. But at the same time, this is like the end of the mall era. And this is what this article is saying. Like, not only are they taking over rundown malls or like say like a JCPenney or Sears that have gone out of business and maybe like a mall that's doing okay, 
the mortgage debt that all these stores are getting into with malls is huge, especially now with the pandemic. And they're saying basically about 50% of mall-based department stores could permanently close by the end of 2021. Damn. I, I mean, it's, it's very much the end of an era. It's the end of a very normalized way of gathering your goods, you know, yeah. which it's funny how it went from everything was hyper local. Like you went to the the shoemaker and then you went to the bread baker and then it was such industry um, and ingenuity to put everything under one giant roof. Yeah. And now and we're you like, went we to don't... the Gap. Then you went to the Limited. Then you went to the Express. <laughs> oh, my God. And then now uh, a robot uh, drops a package of pills for you uh, via a drone on your front porch. So I got fucking spray paint through Amazon. I was like, really? Like, <laughs> you go to the hardware store and that's like, in a cage it's in with a, a cage, lock on baby. it I know especially during the riots I was I was definitely trying to like paint some furniture in the backyard and I they were like we we I don't know are you gonna go deface <laughs> a building I was like I promise I'm painting patio furniture so it's just really interesting that like these uh, spaces and malls while albeit like very corporate unto themselves are still like still hell hell hold like a community, right? Yes, of In course. A way, it's a place for people to go. When you see the kids hanging out, when you see the older people mall walking, when you have to run and get a weird like pair of flat front black pants or khakis for a fucking restaurant job. Like, where do you go? You have to go to the mall <laughs> when you need a weird uniform piece for your new job waiting tables or your shoes. If you, that now that is a one stop shop. You got your Payless shoes in oh, there. Yeah. You got your Dillard's or your whatever, you know, JC Penney's where you can get cheaper white, you know, button down shirts and those Dockers. We all know that that is a uniform that you've had to wear at one point in your life there if you've ever waited tables. But I, I think I don't like it. And I think it's just another example of just, I don't know, well, the lack just- of the lack of human connection and experience, even with transaction. Well, and the fact that it's being replaced by a job that is actually been reported over and over again to be so hazardous towards the employees. Right. You know, a report came out this week, too, saying that because the routes are so crazy and busy and because of COVID having a lot of bathroom lockdowns when drivers are out all day, that they're not being able to use the bathroom and pissing in bottles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, wearing diapers. On the, I mean, this is it's become like I mean, it, it is on par with like you hear about people who are like working at like chicken factories. Right. Who right. are like basically butchering chicken all day and doing factory farming and workers like having to wear diapers like because they're not allowed bathroom breaks. Like this is on par with like making sure you're getting your fucking I'm just going to say dog bed because that's one thing I've purchased that has gotten to my house in less than 24 hours on time. You know, so yikes, yeah, guys. Because God knows, you know, I need that in 24 hours or less. Okay, shit's really gonna come come apart if I don't get a dog bed in 24 hours. Honestly, I would love to go to the mall and pick out a dog bed, talk to somebody about like different kinds of dog beds and like what my dog might want. A dog bed expert, mm-hmm. I want that now. <laughs> Interesting topic. All right. Well, here we go. It's time for some server. Submitted. Stories. Stories. 
right, guys, first story. Here we go. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Server submitted story coming at you. My name is Emily from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Y'all gave me the sweetest Southern accent. Uh, my last story I wrote it, and I kind of appreciate that. Oh, she's the one that I alluded to the guy on his way to church telling her she was dumb. So here we oh. go. Oh, I love that one. Okay, well, I'm 28 and I worked in the industry for about 14 years. Wow. And worked at the same restaurant for the last six and a half, all through COVID and left for an office job in September. Hey, hey, hey. Woo. Sweet, 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 sweet freedom. Even though I miss it every so often, but listening to your podcast at work and relating back to memories is definitely enough for now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, but also decompress, like take yeah. your time. The burger place I worked for was at the first rooftop bar in my little downtown. I was the usual bartender, and when it got to be winter, I was the bartender plus four other jobs downstairs to cut down on labor in our slower months. One night, we were running a taco special. They were so good, especially coming from a place <laughs> that is mostly burgers. Uh, they were on happy hour, two for four dollars. Yes, please. Brooks like, huh? Oh, yes, give me the tacos. I want, I want. An older man walked in with his friend and sat at my bar, looked at the happy hour, happy hour menus, and asked for a taco and a beer. I got it for him in a timely manner, and then he asked if he could cash out because he was headed to a nightly church service. I cashed him out two for four dollar tacos and his two happy price be- happy hour price beers, and he lost it. He did not enjoy the $12 total for his tab. Interesting. Okay. He proceeded to get angry at me and tell me he is tired of dumb millennials always trying to pull one over on him. Okay, Grandpa. Okay. And when I tried to explain myself, he said, you know, this is what you women do. You just talk too much. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after he told me I was a dumb millennial woman who talked too much, he told me he could either talk to my manager about this or not tip me. I'm, I need a minute before I go on. I know. Because I know what this guy's doing. I said to him very politely, please do not tip me. I got him a box for the half taco he didn't eat and ran into the bathroom to cry it out. Oh, no. About two hours later, we were so dead. I was the only front of house person working and was bullshitting with the cooks in the back when I look at my bar and it's the same man who is back (sighs) with his to-go box and asked if he could finish his taco at my bar with a beer. (laughs) He sucks. I poured him an eight ounce beer. He asked for cashed him out and stayed in the back until he left. So I didn't have to pretend to enjoy his company. Good for you. I've totally done that before. This was maybe one of three customers that took me to my breaking point. But now working in an office, I don't have to deal with people like him anymore. My biggest ailment now is figuring out how to talk more professionally and not tell people to fuck themselves <laughs> when they do something wrong. <laughs> it is a pivot. It is a pivot. Love y'all on your podcast and we'll be messaging you for merch soon. Emily. Oh God. Great. Tale. Epic. Tale. What a fucking clueless dip. Shit. Just 
like like okay so assuming he's hung on to a spouse right that they that he hasn't been left over and over again he's the worst kind of husband you can already see like what he's probably like at home and then he takes that horrible energy and brings his toxic just toxic misogyny and entitlement and especially right. there's like there's a he's being an ageist he's sexist sexist the whole thing wrapped up yeah. into an ugly little bow and of yeah. course I, I hope he went and repented at church um Ugh. That's the thing that always kills me is what everyone says is like, what is it with the church crowd? They are truly holier than thou. And the way they treat fellow citizens on this earth is abysmal. I don't even understand his logic. His logic is, it doesn't matter. I mean, this it, is the there thing. Is You're no just logic. not going to understand people who are crazy and have this mentality. You're right. Um, and obviously have blinders on to like everything, right? It's all just like... Yeah. And Ugh. also doesn't recognize a $12 tab. He got four tacos and two beers for 12 bucks. Dude, I was like, I would be like two tacos and two beers for everybody in the restaurant. 12 bucks. That's the best deal you could get. Hell yeah. Well, that was Emily. And I feel you there. Uh, when I had my first corporate job working in an, ugh, working for uh, Turner Networks, True TV, I guess. Um, I had only ever worked in bars and I was a comedian. And I was sitting with a bunch of execs in a boardroom, which I do not know why they included me, but I chimed in and I dropped an F-bomb the first time I spoke out loud in front of <laughs> all my higher ups. And I was just like, I just did that. But I like, I, I didn't apologize. I was like, this is how I talk. And I like really leaned into it and acted like, this is just how it is, people. And I never backed down from it. And then, but then quietly went into my office and shamed myself. And it's uh, true. Yeah. And instead of crying in the walk in, you have to cry, you cry in the supply closet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Get out. Okay. Next one. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. This came in hot. Off. This is coming straight from the experience as it's happening. She's typing while it's happening. So she says, sitting at one of the two bars I work at here in Lincoln, Nebraska. High five, Andrea. High five. With with four other people and the bartender, a.k.a. my sister, and these two bros come in unmasked and were promptly addressed. One puts it on, no comment made. The other reluctantly put his on, and literally every cliche bullshit utterance fell out of his garbage-ass mouth as he walked to the bathroom at the back. Whilst discussing, okay, let's call it what it is, bitching about the state of our lives as bartenders in this current world, sure. as she does dishes, these two asshats come back from the bathroom, sit down, and she re reluctantly serves them. She makes them a fucked up version of the dumb shot they ordered. <laughs> Best way to get no one ever to order that shit again. Bartender pro tip there. <laughs> they order those shots, right? And two tall boys, these two fucktards, seriously took their shit shots and immediately spoke the words, quick, let's get out of here. My God, who announces their, oh my God, okay. So she says, my Sparty, which she thinks is Spidey plus bartender senses, kicked in. I love it. I looked over, saw the two empty glasses, but nary a tall boy. Immediately, my focus shifts to the glass door they walked out of. Mind fuck, people can see through the glass, idiots. I see these two assholes walking to their car parked in front with said tall boys. I yelled to my sister, those fucks just took their beers outside with them, which I think sounds like they also didn't pay to which she runs around and out the door 
you both and I imagine most of the listeners know what unraveled. In the end, they both forked over their tall boys with some bullshit something or other about a cousin emergency or some nonsense. (laughs) She slammed the beers on the bar. Then they spewed some malarkey about how sorry they were, no harm, whatever. In In any case, she's going on to say, those of us who are have been working through any part of all of this, we're tired. Yes. We're tired of the mask speeches. We're tired of the mask discussion, the mask excuses, everything. Y'all wanted us open, okay? And the laws made it so. Y'all wanted to watch your sports in a bar, and the law sort of figured out how to make it happen for you. You're treating all service industry people like you're 400 times more entitled cunts than you've been throughout our entire careers. In this pandemic scenario, here where I here where I live, you say jump and we reluctantly say how high. Thanks a lot, Pete fuckets. Fuck tits. Fuck tits or as Andrea calls him, <laughs> Pete prickets. Oh, Governor I also prickets. Like, I love fuck tits. I fuck think it's a great, great take. Yeah. <laughs> She, so now she's talking to customers even more sternly. We have never been and will never be your bitch. We do have a voice. We do have lives outside of this bullshit. And we sure as shit need you to do what the fuck we say when we say it. Pandemic or not, you're in our world. We run it. You don't oh, have yeah. to be here. And feel free to kick fucking rocks if you don't like it. Sorry if that got a bit rambly or whatever, nope, but nope, you bitches never be sorry. rock my world. Thank you for creating this hilarious and relevant content. This is from The Hev. She says, pronounce like Heather minus the R. Please don't soft TH me. <laughs> I wasn't going to call her. I wasn't calling her the, I'm going to call her the Hev um, instead of Hev. Hev, DM us. I want to know what these bars are. I'm just curious for my She's own curious. personal. She needs to know. My, my own personal enjoyment. Great story. I mean, again, as, as someone who like knows Lincoln and knows who what's what's going on there, I talked about it at the top. Shit's been open the whole time, pretty much, Brooke. <laughs> it's crazy. And I think yes. everything shut down for like a month last summer, then they opened it again. Yep. People are at their breaking points. Customers, you gotta get your shit together. It, it, it's just, yeah. Uh, whatever. We'll We'll talk more about it. We got a lot of episodes oh, yeah. left for you. We all, got a lot so. of episodes left. We got a lot of world that's going to start turning again. And I guarantee the server submitted stories that we're going to get when everything is back and moving are going to be fucking epic. So please <laughs> send them to us. We can't wait to hear them. We love all the stories that we hear. Um, Sidewardpod at gmail.com, guys. All right, guys. Well, it's time to dive into our topic of the day. Um, we're <laughs> we're pretty nerded out um, and excited to talk today about working the third shift, like slinging up that graveyard uh, hash. I'm I, talking I gotta, about overnights. Yes, yes. I got to be honest. Um, I'm sort of in that headspace because I'm I'm groggy. I'm not quite awake because we're podcasting real fucking early in the morning right now, Andrea. Mm-hmm. So the coffee hasn't hit. There might still be a little lingering tequila on my breath. So I feel like I'm in the space. I'm yeah. occupying the space. Absolutely. I, I I I know exactly what you mean. My hair is a mess. I have not washed my face. I have mascara hanging out under my eyes. And yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, so yes, we're gonna tackle these 
late night eateries. Um, I absolutely have the shivers um, thinking about how wasted we all got going to these places and just the amount of things we would consume while there. Um, but we do have an amazing guest today to help us along with some experience chat about actually working an overnight shift. Um, she's an old pal of mine. She's a fucking boss lady. More importantly, she was a waitress for a long time. And number one, she was a late shift survivor. Lindsay Verstegen is here, Brooke. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am a morning uh, person, so this was especially brutal on my body when I did it. I just have to say, I am like like up at five naturally, which means when I had to work until five, it was like my body and my mind had completely departed one another. They like like, you, they freaky Friday each other. They 100% freaky Friday each other. And I just was Ah. along for the ride somehow. Just like not sure what liquid I should be putting in my body to do whatever it needed to do. Right. Um, I'm so right. That's like because my my chemicals, you know, yes. like the, the things that I drink, the morning drinks versus the nighttime drinks. You're like, I'm not sure if I should have a 6 a.m. glass of wine right now Correct. so that I can go to sleep because <laughs> I think coffee's the wrong answer. And by the way, I'm going back to a dorm where I'm sleeping oh lofted <laughs> above for my roommate who is slightly psychotic. <laughs> So, you know, I, all I can tell you for sure is I didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. No. I was not in a great place, but I had to do it. So I did it. Well, Lindsay, let's get a little bit into your um, history in the service industry in general. Was was this Perkins job, which is it was Perkins, right? Where you worked the late shift. It was, was absolutely this your... per- Perkins. Yes. And is is this in was... Illinois? Where? Tell me the, the central Wisconsin. Central Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And are, is Perkins a chain or was that local? It is definitely oh, a, a chain. chain. Oh, okay. yeah. Three kinds of I syrups think... on the table at all times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That Perkins was is on. Yeah. Perkins is on par with like a Denny's with a village in like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a it's, if you will, one of the quote unquote suburb coffee houses that like high school kids would go hang out at, you know, after after theater practice. Had like uh, a. Kind of like a toy claw machine standard. Yes. Like when you walked in, so when you were waiting for your table, your kids oh, would just got it, got you it. for I... quarters so they could try to unsuccessfully get toys. <laughs> yeah. It's called yeah. Perkins Restaurant and Bakery. So, yeah. Lindsay. Oh, I've seen these. Yeah. Lindsay, yeah. was this your was this your first job in the industry or had you done anything uh, in I, high school? No, in high school, oddly, I worked at a credit union. So oh. different kind of service. <laughs> What I a was formative, a interesting job. <laughs> I ate a lot of Tootsie Rolls because we gave them to the kids. So I would just eat a ton of Tootsie Rolls while I gave people money and tried to understand what escrow was at that point and just like smiled and <laughs> nodded and did the needful and, you know, moved on. But it was a good gig because I could go right after school and then I worked till six. And then uh, this is my first food service industry. But I feel like I'm in serve. I've been in service my entire life. Career. Haven't haven't we all? And I think yes. that's kind of you know that's what we talk about all the time on the show is like how formative it is. But when I knew you in Chicago, and we'll obviously hop back to Perkins because that that is the that is the clutch moment for you uh, and, and us in this episode. But when I knew you, you worked at Wishbone in Chicago. Sure oh, now there is a small chance you and I could have had our paths cross. I worked at Wishbone for I think approximately two shifts when I was like, <laughs> this restaurant is stupid. I'm out of here. I was like. I, did you, I, I think the question is, did you work dinners? I think 
I am not remembering. I feel like everything was just, and I've spoken about this restaurant in previous episodes where I'm like, everything was two extra steps to achieve a small task at that restaurant. There were all these levels of permissions where like, it's like you couldn't just get your drink from the bartender. Then you had to go to the guy who gave you straws. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It just, I was like, you do what now? This is what? Fuck this. And I, yeah, I left. And then I didn't show up for it. Oh, I know what I did. I just didn't show up. I know show. Oh, classic. I yep. did. I feel like dinners there were, were total bullshit because it was all about the brunch. And yet they yes. were still open for dinner. And it was delicious dinner. But when you're known for a thing, right. that's it. And then the dinner, the, like, so I had a dinner shift sometimes when they needed me. And in comparison, it was brutal because there was oh. alcohol involved. And yes, there were all sorts of processes. I have no idea why that existed but it looked cool and they were fairly nice by industry standards shall we say you know it's sure. like if they're kind to you you already feel like well okay i'll stick it out There's how long did you last that? there like how long were you there total i was there probably four years because i also worked oh, wow. there for a summer before i actually moved to chicago so interesting my summer before my um senior year in college i came to chicago for the summer and i treated it like a semester abroad or something where i waited tables <laughs> at the wishbone and lived in this super tiny attic off of belmont avenue i called it the rave cave it literally had room for just a twin mattress <laughs> <laughs> and i just biked to the wishbone and did my shift and like tried to figure out what would my life look like if i lived here and that was in 2002 or something so Cute. Well, I yeah. think you should be commended, and and we don't really talk about this, nor we have we. Brooke talked about places that like just do breakfast, so you're basically like in brunch hell every shift you work. And the shift um, is seven o'clock a.m. to three p.m. and they do not feed you. Oh, 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 I I feel like I also remember just being unnaturally hungry and <laughs> yes. watching all of these plates of grits go out, and I was like, I just can I. Oh man! All right, it was so skinny back then. It was awesome. It's because they that's started. That's why you had to get in with the 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 cook who would just slip you bacon or something, you know, like because oh, they yeah. like you, which you know we like wild. those. Yes. You're like you sure, do. I'll flirt. I'll, we'll flirt for bacon is basically what you just said. Kind of. I was kind. There was no. There was no flirting. It was just I was just a nice girl next door, and they appreciated that about me. My earnestness. So they said, here's some bacon or have a pancake. And I'd take it and eat it under the cash register. Like in my little, you know, try to just house it quick before someone needed butter again or whatever. Don't you uh, have an interesting butter story about Wishbone that oh, I remember? I sure do. Um, I was in the middle of the brunch ship and we have a mutual friend, Caitlin. And yes, Caitlin still doesn't believe this actually happened. Like was there when it happened as I was processing it. But it was in the frenzy of brunch and this woman, I've turned to another table and this woman just slaps my butt and says, butter. And I was so <laughs> taken aback that I just did it. Like, I didn't say, did you just touch me? I was just like, yes, okay, butter. Like, it was just like, I went into a shame spiral. I went into a shame spiral and like, I have to be like, this woman needs me. And then like later, I remember I was like telling my friend about it, like, she just slapped me and said butter. And I didn't say, what did you, you know, I didn't even like, what are boundaries? I didn't have any. I was just like, okay. 
come a long way since then but that was like it still sticks out to me it's just like so brutal but you're just doing I love you gotta do now because you're like you're like are you are you at like top hr at shopify is that specifically or, or is that kind of your wheelhouse shop runner shop runner uh, shop shopify runner i'm sorry my fault okay. my bad okay. shop runner okay i am yes i'm the i'm the chief hr person there so in general i do um i work at tech companies and i do people things like talent acquisition and HR and office team stuff. So I would assume like, I would hope during a PowerPoint, there's like, here's how to not interact with people. And it's like, uh, like a still of like a lady smacking a waitress on the ass and yelling butter. I'm like, like, this this is is how not to work. This is not a drill. This actually happened to me. I should have pressed charges. Yes, exactly. So now I just bring it back. No, I don't talk about it a lot because it's like, did that really happen to me? And the answer is yes, it did. And now it's just a part of my story, which I'm owning instead of letting it own me. Excuse me. Let's dive into Perkins. How did you, you got the job in college, obviously, right? So it was like just a job to have. I did get the job in college. And um, this is a job that was born out of constraints because uh, in central Wisconsin, it's not a walkable city (laughs) generally, unless you live in the little main street. And so I'm on campus, which meant I had like two options for work. One was Perkins and the other was Kmart because I could walk there. I could walk those two places. And in fact, the Perkins shared a parking lot with the Kmart just to further paint. (laughs) So I knew I was no good. I, I just didn't, retail didn't speak to me. I knew I, you know, I liked meeting people. I liked, you know, creating connections. And so I went to Perkins, but the deal with with Perk and I love pancakes for what it's worth. Um, there we go. Let's... That was uh, selfish motivations. I needed to be closer <laughs> to pancakes. Um, so I go to Perkins, but the deal was this, I didn't like say, Hey, I want to work the graveyard shift. It was like, if you work here, you will have to do 8 PM to 4 AM once a month. Like we all rotate this. This is part of it because Thursday to Sunday, per correlation with bars closing, you know, they were open 24 hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they weren't open 24 hours. They were open like, you know, whatever. So we'd have to rotate this shift, which was even more brutal because your body never got used to it. Yeah. And so you're right. It's different when you're like, this is my lifestyle now. And instead it was like, this is my lifestyle this weekend. So I better get over it pretty fast because the grind's on next week. Oh God. Um, I'm sure come Wednesday where you like, okay, start gearing up, start, start. Yes. Big time. I was already thinking about the liquids I would consume to get through it. (laughs) Like, just like, what's the play going to be? How am I going to get through this? Because if you talk to anyone who knows me now, it's like 10 o'clock I'm out. I'm just like an old person. (laughs) So now you have me working till 4am and this is just, this is just my circadian rhythm. This is like something I cannot deny. And yet I have to do this shift because if I want to work there, one of the only places I can walk to and make okay money, it's part of the deal. What's funny is um, I have a family friend who also worked at this Perkins 10 years prior. And so it was like really interesting to compare notes with her. Like, cause it was, Was were the rules the same? Was it still rotating? Yes. The rules were the same because now it is open 24 hours every day of the week there. And I was like, that wasn't always true. Right. And she's like, no, it's actually uh, commemorated in the menus. It's like Perkins, each employee must work one shift from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. That's our promise. That's how much they care. 
Yep. I mean, I suppose when it comes to building like morale am- amongst a team, you all share this thing together that's terrible. <laughs> so you can all relate. There is that part of it. But I mean, uh, so I, I think my 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 biggest fear would be if it was just completely dead and you're not allowed to sit down, you know? Yeah, like, that never happened because it was a drinking <laughs> zone. Yeah. I never recall being bored in this okay. era, good. which is good. Um, but uh, as I was kind of thinking about it, mostly what comes to me are just like the smells because you could still smoke. As I said, there were three syrups on the table all the time, uh, ketchup on the table all the time. And, you know, the signature menu items like, you know, and it's a college town, so it's not like people are eating a lot, you know, they're eating what they can afford, which in this case is like a bread bowl with a tub of ranch dressing. Like, it's like, you don't want the bread bowl salad. You just want the bread bowl, which is 325. And then the ramekin of ranch dressing to dip the bread in and eat because you're drunk well, or maybe you're not drunk. And this is just like a lifestyle choice for you. I don't know. Is That's a Midwestern, that's a Midwestern diet right there. Just right, a yeah. big or hunk of bread. Yeah. It was like the secret menu. And then some people would get real tricky and be like, just give me a side of cheese. I'm like, you're just eating the salad without any greens of any kind. Like just <laughs> order the salad, which is $8, you know, please. It's just brutal. And, um, and then the other thing, as I was comparing notes with this family friend, she was like, oh, yeah. And if they'd want coffee, we didn't feel like making coffee. We just gave them decaf. They didn't know, you know, because they were all blitzed in one way or another. And it didn't really matter. It was all psychosomatic at that point. They're trying to sober up. It's not working. Um, so it's just it was just chaos. Like the signature menu item when you did get a whole meal was the chicken tender melt, which was on sourdough bread grilled to perfection in air quotes. Uh, pepper jack cheese over four chicken tenders fried and you dip that in ranch and have fries with it oh that was that's a drunk that is a drunk dream okay but people ate that sober too to be fair let us dive into a little bit of like history if we will let's have a little history lesson (laughs) and then we'll definitely circle back to to perkins um i found this amazing article uh restauranting through history.com is the actual website um, so in pre-Civil War, all late night eatery- eateries were haunts of, get this, behoys or boys, behoys, a class of rogue males, sometimes <laughs> accompanied by their gahals. <laughs> Probably made up boys and gals, um, made up of firemen and more prosperous newsboys. Oh, hello, newsies! Yeah, um. they yeah they enjoyed oyster cellars, but one of their favorite places in the 1840s was butter cake dicks, where for a mere six cents you could get a generous plate of biscuits with butter and a cup of coffee. Sound familiar, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> Sure as hell does. <laughs> she knows all you need is a bunch of boys. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, so this place is called Buttercake Dicks. Buttercake but Dicks. Lin- Lindsay worked at Butter Slap Wishbone. Correct. Oh yeah, and Correct. served ranchy bread bowls. <laughs> it's very times don't change. History Butters. just repeats itself. Right? 
Um, so then we moved to the Victorian era, which gave way to dubious goings on in late night supper clubs. Um, so the, that like the hot goss of the time is that they also advertised having ladies dining parlors, which Lindsay, if you didn't know, women, if they were able to go out to eat, especially like Victorian era, um, they were basically just like put in boxes inside the restaurant, like little sure. cubicles, if you will. So cubicles. nobody could even frosted glass, yep. you know. The, uh, or, or basically like in an upstairs parlor behind closed doors, <laughs> women only. And they would only let us have ice cream. We weren't allowed to have the good stuff. We weren't allowed to drink. We weren't allowed to eat meats. It was just like, it's a lady's social. You should be happy you're even allowed out right now. Eat your ice so cream So it's like the kids' up. table, except it's upstairs. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and completely yes. encased. Um, so this was for hot the time. It's frosted yes. for modesty, right? Frosted okay. for modesty. Right. Just so clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was hot goss because the, the supper clubs advertised having ladies dining parlors. So basically they were brothels that you could either dine in, you know, or restaurants that you could have sex in. Right. <laughs> that is that's basically what was happening. Um, either way, it was like fish balls and pickled salmon all the way. That's basically what you could eat at these spots. And I know before I like to get my hump on, I like to get some fish balls in my gut. <laughs> Sick. I am nor nor I'm a Norwegian person, you are. so it's it's a it's a fish balls are a very Norwegian dish. She's got Viking uh, blood. That that Viking blood <laughs> runs on cold salmon. <laughs> Feeds the libido. Uh, <laughs> so late night spots around that time too were pretty much known as being like very rough full of bad, shitty people, and even shittier food. Um, so it'd be like, if you were lucky to be a working class, you know, or or you had to, you were a, a trolley driver, or you were like burning the midnight oil at a bakery, or whatever you did, like, if you wanted to get a bite at night, bring a, bring a, a switchblade with you, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chicago's all-night cafes on State Street were often portrayed as an unsavory places where... Police connected with stool pigeons while enjoying a late night snack, which I think is fucking amazing to be like, I'm going to have a shitty burger and talk to my informant and like nobody (laughs) will know the wiser. (laughs) Um, And of course, upstanding citizens shrank from the mere thought of these all night eateries. Um, But in actuality, they were probably some of the most democratic places because they drew characters from all stations of life. Which is kind of why I love the 24-hour diner or the 24-hour restaurant or the late-night diner because it is just, like, working-class people, a lot of factory workers, people who are traveling, right? Kind of, like, getting off. People it's, just want to fucking eat. It, it, the Food is always forever going to be, you know, the thing that congregates everybody no matter where we're at. We all got to eat at some point. And it is one of those things, too, where – Eating late and eating all night, you know, having things available, it's such an American thing. You, There are no 24-hour places in many other European countries. That's just not their vibe. It's not what they do. And, yeah, to have this 24-hour eatery where it's like, I can get mashed potatoes and pancakes any time of the day. Like, it's a, the only other place that I can think that is as democratic and, like, an all-night situation is riding the subway in New York City where all walks of life going to different things just all have to use this vehicle and you you see it all you know um so yeah 24-hour places are basically the subway (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah it's true with tips terrible tips but tips 
I mean, you can you can perform on a subway for tips. I've seen that's it true. Happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, so this is really fun, this history. So in the 20th century, there was a place called Coffee Dance, originally in San Francisco, which was operated as an eating and entertainment venue. This was uh, during the 1920s, early 30s. Its attitude in the mid-20s nicely expressed the claim, they'll be dancing to the tinkle of piano, there'll be songs and it will never, never close, not even for fire, not even if the supply of ham and eggs is exhausted. That's quite a catchphrase. <laughs> Our employees are forced to work one month's overnight shift. Coffee dance. <laughs> this is. Yeah. So, but the cool thing about coffee dance is it expanded locations and became like something of a gay hangout in the 50s, which led to like all the really cool late night cafeterias in Greenwich Village. So it was kind of like this really fun, uh, like first, first, first there, first, first, and you know. What am I? What's the word I'm thinking of? Trendsetter. My sure. brain. It's early. Yeah, paved the way for all these. Um, but then as World War II came around, uh, factories opened, and we've got people working around the clock to make supplies. Industry is going, and that's where we get the more known 24-hour diner. And that's so that that's 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 where that comes from, and it just never stopped. And thus, a Perkins was born. <laughs> I wonder, though, it's kind of a drag. You can't get food 24-7 other places, right? You can, which we'll but, get into a little bit. Okay. It, it, I think I think everything is pretty much, it's always going to be the fast food. It's always going to be the late uh, night breakfast. It's always going to be the diner. And I feel like that's what's kind of, you know, the stronghold on everything. Um, also, I just thought Perkins is like... Is that a, I, I just make, reminds me of like coffee per, like percolating, like oh, coffee yeah. Perkins. <laughs> yes, true. Yes. Um, they are definitely in, at least when I was growing up in Wisconsin, they were in just about every suburb. So they were kind oh, of yeah. a staple. So that when you went to college, it was kind of a comfort too, because, oh, there's a Perkins. Um, cause there was one in my hometown as well, which was not central Wisconsin. It was a different part of Wisconsin. So um, yeah, there's something very comforting about it, but then, um, you know, it came with a tax, which was to put my body through hell once a month. So. Will you walk us through like a typical shift that you had? Yeah, I was trying to remember. Um, I think the typical shift would be, you know, of course you'd get in and then you'd divvy up what sections and then you'd, of course, this is like tale as old as time. You would hope that they would cut you sooner than they did. And um, everyone had to stay till four because it got crazy busy after the bars closed. So even if it, there was a lull between 10 and midnight or whatever, you're just hanging. Um, I think the like, the main thing that sticks out to me is the side work aspect because, um, and I also know this podcast is named after that. So I know I need to talk about it. It's a requirement. <laughs> no, but really, I just like, I remember it so much. I remember having to turn the dressings. Like there were five kinds of dressings uh, all made definitely from like not oil that is not great for you. Um, like a thousand Island French ranch, Italian. There's probably a oh, blue cheese, perhaps. Of course, with the, of course. The wings sure. or whatever. Raspberry vinaigrette, if you're lucky. Too fancy. Yeah, you yeah, have to bring on. your own. <laughs> you probably have to bring your own. Um, but like, so you, in the 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 dressings, you'd have to turn over. This would maybe happen at the beginning of the shift, but more often at the end when you're just like dying to get out of there. You want to make it so that the 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 old Thousand Islands on the top, obviously. 
So you have to, you know, these are like, you know, maybe foot and a half dishes, stainless right. steel dishes that sit in the counter. And you just you have to just Isn't it a them. tub at that point? It's pretty much a tub, but it's metal. So it feels like classier than a tub. <laughs> um, classier than a tub. Classier than a tub. A, full of Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. So like at that point, it, you know, and then you do the classic, like you have to roll 50 silverware or whatever. But, you know, I, I see it was dominated by college kids because it was. But to your point, it was also a working class community. There were people coming right. in as well that were like just getting off their shift wherever. And it was 10 o'clock. So they would kind of come in, you know, in between. And then the other things is there was a killer, quote, air quote, killer pie case, a la like a Baker Square vibe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there'd be people that would come in and just get a slice of pie to split. And ha- and then in some cases, they'd ask for hot water because they brought their own tea. Their own tea. I knew where that Classic. was going. Classic. And then, you know, your tip is like a quarter, right? Because it's like two fifty for the slice of pie. And um, they have hot water. But so the typical shift was like um, chaos, but unpredictable, you know, unpredictable when the chaos would hit exactly. And then you just prayed you didn't have any creeps, you know, because you were sober, but they weren't. Right. Right. And that's the thing, too, is like I'm thinking of these late night eateries only from the perspective of being, you know, completely blacked out. Uh, which is so uh, like when you're that drunk, rowdy table, you literally notice nobody else. You literally you like laser focus on your waitress to be like, ah, we need the things. And that's it. Then you're back in your little drunk bubble with your with your friends. I'm now thinking of the perspective of the person who because of their work schedule, you know, like maybe overnight factory shift. Like their entire experience going out to a restaurant is only being surrounded by wasted people. Like they've never had a meal where everyone around them wasn't wasted. That's hilarious to think about. Also, did you guys like pump the music up? Did you like did you did you add to the chaos? So bad. There was not pump upable music. It was like music. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So it was like, you know, the lighting never changed day or night. That's the other thing. It wasn't, you know, as if there's some restaurants that say, okay, it's nighttime. We're going to make it like a chiller vibe. Perkins was like Muzak all the time, lights at medium all the time. Very much a medium atmosphere. Just like, don't want to go too high. Don't want to go too low. Just going to play, take it easy, play it safe. And there's some Muzak. So no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that, but it's only because it would make our lives miserable. The Muzak would be louder. So having wasted people, in my opinion, means like messing up your tables, like uh, like children, if you will, mm-hmm. who get taken to restaurants and open sugar packets and probably like do the old like creamer eye trick stab and maybe even get sick, I would ma- imagine, uh, at said Perkins. You know, if they did, <laughs> I blacked it out because, again, I was extremely tired and not in my element and just wanted to get the hell out of there. Um, I love that you just turned into it. like an. These are inaccessible memories in some place because it's like this black hole of sleepiness that I was in for right. a month and just right. Like, hey, well, I got one more under my belt. There's less of those to do at whatever point. You're like, I'm just an old beaten down diner waitress. Yeah. For one night a month. <laughs> the, the, the difference is, is like, yes, of course I worked at 4 a.m. bars in New York City. It's so different because we started to drink 
you know, around 11 at night and were sort of matching and, and mirroring the mood of customers, you know, because that's how you got through it. Like you gave yourself a nice layer of inebriation to get through that shift. Having to be dead ass sober serving people breakfast till four in the morning is a completely different skill set. Yeah. I'm like, was there a point where a coworker was like, here's a handful of mini thins, Lindsay, have fun. <laughs> What's funny is that there wasn't, you know, there was, a, there was no booze on the premises, period, but no one ever brought any either, which is startling really how did we do that it was like we were like nannies you know just like right gotta sober you up before you by the way get in your car to go wherever you're going because again it's like not a subway city it's not a public transit city and even if it is it doesn't run past 10 so it's all kinds of things yeah it's definitely like you know the (laughs) ultimate in caretaking you're just like Um, you need to get home safe so i'm just gonna load you up with bread and the liquids and hope that you make it there's a really fun article, the editor of Bon Appetit, Andrew Knowlton, and he, there's actually a, sh- a TV show that he did where he goes to very specific places and works a 24-hour shift, the best one being his time at Waffle House. Like, the guy starts early, in, like, at 7 a.m. and doesn't finish until 7 a.m. the next day and runs the gamut. I highly encourage everybody to watch this, um, especially at a Waffle House. Talk about walks of life, it, from being dead, people getting off their third shift at a factory to then eat before they go to bed to the very end, which is just like the most wasted people you could imagine, like descending on a Waffle House. Um, He also does Caesar's Palace. He does Katz's Deli. He does Chick-fil-A and Franklin's Barbecue. So it's really interesting just to see like the operations that go into 24 hours a day of these restaurants that we all love and all the workers that like fuck up their schedules to make sure that we have delicious food that's hot and available when we need it. So it's, it's a, it's a super cool perspective on that. Um, where did we go? You guys, I remember this place called truck Haven cafe in Omaha, Nebraska, which is also THC, you know, we would call it, we would call it THC on the side of the highway, total like creepy, shitty trucker vibes, like, you know, like you could probably get like picked up by like a serial killer trucker, like in the parking lot and taken away and never seen again because you're so wasted. Um, I hope I tipped well. I just remember being mm-hmm. so young. It was the kind of place that had like foil disposable ashtrays. Um, I'm pretty sure there was definitely no padding on the booths. It was like the old school cafeteria booths. Oh, wow. Yeah. They don't want you settling in and getting too comfy. No. <laughs> But in Chicago, it was all diner grills and golden apple angels. Yeah. You golden yeah, what was angels. across from, from Long Room? What was that place? Some diner. Diner grill. Cool. Diner grill. Diner grill. Yes. That's a classic. Classic. Diner place. grill, baby. Oh, yeah. my God. Yep. I, I, you know, and I can, for being a very drunk person, I have crystal clear memories of all my favorite like my go-to dishes that I would get at every place. Yes. Diner grill, I would get a grilled cheese with tomato and bacon on it and a plate of fries. And it's like, I would mm. do a dance when I ate it. It was so delicious. Mm. At the Golden Angel, I was a bit of an outlier. I would order the spanakopita with French fries. Cultured. Oh. Cultured. I, also, these are, and we should say, these are Greek-oriented diners. A, a ton of them, of these local diners, all Greek-owned. So you do oh, yeah. get, you oh, get yeah. the, the American shit, and then you get the Spanakopitas. And, I mean, I have to say the thing, like, New York City is a completely different beast because it's open 
Like, I can't even go there. I'm definitely trying to think of my Chicago because New York, you can get whatever you want 24 hours, period. So it's like, oh, all the pizza places are open till four or there are the 24-hour pizza places, the Gray's Papaya. But we did have the diners that were open and that's when I first started getting into disco fries, which I was like, hell fucking yeah. That is some drunk, like mop up your drunk ass with some disco fries. You go home with a, stomach full of cheese and gravy and french fries you're good <laughs> the the poutine of the disco oh, yeah. oh yes well Lindsay, you were talking about like other things that are open 24 hours but like you know i did a little research obviously we all have our, our taco spots that we 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 know oh, and love. Yes. oh yes. god andrea taco burrito king. Even... <laughs> delicious yeah. on broadway yeah oh really yes burrito king and those are the ones that are open 24 hours or open until, you know, maybe they close for an hour for, for, for just to mop up the fucking grease that people put all over their restaurant, right? Those Burrito Kings, these very specific handful of taco places, burrito places, were so fucking full of drunk wasteoids. It lines out the door. Let's be know? very clear. Even at the Wishbone, when the shift started at seven, there was a little of that. People still, <laughs> there still like leftovers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Then I the got really long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were like, you are going to not remember eating this because you are so not in your right mind. But good morning. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> but also, I was a younger person. So I was probably in that camp too. I was probably like, I had a nice, fun night out. And I was like, I have to work at seven. Oh, well. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I cannot tell you the number of times I went to work still drunk I could never do it now I'm my body is shifting now where I'm just like alcohol doesn't like me anymore yes. <laughs> like yes, exactly. um another one Korean barbecue huge on that late night 24 you could absolutely show up at a Korean barbecue have a full sit down cook your own meat meal at 4 a.m completely wasted which is a little concerning have you to have that? The there's, so many, there's so many sides <laughs> And a lot of them have mayo. That cannot end well. It just cannot. It doesn't seem like a good idea to me, but to each their own. It's cool. I mean, I think it's more that like, uh, you know, putting hands over hot coals okay, to cook your own meat after you've okay. had a half a bottle of Jameson. Right. <laughs> Don't arm Nothing. these people with fire and pointy things. It's not smart. <laughs> um, I also if and if we want to get like a really good feel, I can couldn't stop thinking about it of like a late night roadside diner. Just go straight to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Just have a large Marge moment, if you will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, watch the yeah. sunrise in a dinosaur. That's really all we need to do. I wish. Um, but yeah, I think I think we covered it. Oh, there is Brooke. Do you want to talk about the uh, this American Life episode? Yeah, well, just just like if anyone's really looking for that nostalgia and wants to hear the twenty four hours, like the the iteration of hour by hour, um, one of our favorite shows, how original this American Life, very Chicago based, live in WBEZ. This is Ira Glass, um, our buddy. <laughs> Ira Glass. Uh, well, anyways, it's called This American Life. And in t- the year 2000, I just 2000. looked it up. They did an episode where they just spent 24 hours at the Golden Apple. And it follows all the little dramas that are happening. There are just multiple stories. You know, the the servers who have the morning shift versus the overnight. And it's it just really takes you 
to a time and a place. Um, because also in 2000, people didn't have cell phones yet. So there were like a lot of, there's this like storyline of kids hoping and waiting someone's going to show up. And you're like, why don't you just text them? Oh my God, there were no phones. Just <laughs> even the year 2000 feels forever ago. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, you know, you guys, if you have any stories to, to throw at us, please send in those server submitted stories about like working overnight shifts. Like we would love to hear, uh, all the shenanigans that your shifts entailed, uh, fucking working that third shift. We commend you, Lindsay, way to go. Thank you so much for putting in your time and, and doing that overnight. And let's not forget you guys that like restaurants, like even though there's a close sign on the door, there's probably somebody in there working. The shit never shuts down. There's someone chopping vegetables. There's somebody vacuuming a floor. There's somebody like making sure that these places keep moving and 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 turning. So and then and then somewhere out there, there's a woman who's strengthening her arm, getting ready to slap another waitress's ass. <laughs> Butter. She's probably, Butter. She's probably she's having night terrors. I only encouraged her by not having the boundary. That's what I didn't stop the cycle that's what i get mad about she probably did that to someone else thinking it was appropriate it was not i was just in shock you reinforced her she's like that i did worked. i got I'm the butter so fast wow i know it's really my uh, fault i mean i'm probably going to start doing that to brian let's admit it guys i think you should i think you should it's very direct oh very my god Lindsay, we love you. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Yeah, thank you for making time to hang out with us. Um, You guys, like we said, please send those stories our way if you have um, them. Listen to all the other amazing podcasts out on One Star Network. You know where to find us on Instagram. You guys know where to look by now. Um, If not, we'll just hit us up. We'll tell you. (laughs) Or just go to at Sidework Podcast uh, on Instagram and follow us there. Brooke, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Absolutely. We say butter. (laughs) And more butter. Okay, Godspeed and, and good, tips. good tips. Thanks, guys.